Welcome to the Laura Mayer Podcast. Y'all, I'm so glad to be back, even just getting to say that little intro phrase of welcome to the Laura Mayer Podcast feels so super good. I apologize, I feel, and I feel like I've had to do that before on this podcast, just being completely um, open and transparent. I love what uh, one of my favorite ministers, Michael Todd, um, says he's the pastor of Transformation Church out in Oklahoma, and he says in their church that they try to keep it hot, H-O-T, honest, open, and transparent. So as the Lord has asked me to start this journey of podcasting and ministry, um, you know, most of you guys know, because I've talked about it before, I have young kids at home, or I still consider young. My youngest is eight, my oldest is 13, and they still need a lot of mom time. And I'm sure my area is no different than where you live, where uh, COVID-19 and all the restrictions and quarantine, still everything's really messy and muddy. And um, we've had different periods of having the kids, everyone home. Um, these last few months while I've not been able to get back on the podcasting train, having kids home up late at night doing virtual school. And every week I'd find myself saying, I'm going to get an episode out this week. Cause I've got, I've got my notebook full of things that as I'm studying, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to turn this into an episode. And, um, and then just the holidays hit. And then I have been hit with, um, sickness the last month and it has been rough and I've, I've lost my voice at different times and mo- mostly just, um, just a lot, a lot of upper respiratory and coughing. It's not been COVID, but so if I, um, you may notice my voice may even sound a little different translating across on the microphone. Um, that's okay. I'm not going to wait any longer for my voice to get any better. I'm just going to go ahead and go with it and, uh, may have to do some editing, out if I start to call for things like that, but I've got a word that I wanted to bring to y'all. I started a episode or a, um, a series back in October, and I told you that I thought it was going to be two to three episodes, and I've not forgotten. I started talking about healing from church hurt. Y'all, that's been really big in my heart lately. As the Lord has brought people back up in my heart and in my mind, people that I've known throughout my life who were once serving the Lord, and usually because of something that happened in the church, um, in all the cases I'm thinking of, it's not like it was something that it was this person's fault, but how, what transpired after the thing that happened at church, it resulted in uh, this person walking away from the Lord. And um, some of these people have have been able to come back because it's interesting how, and I talked about this in um, the previous episode that I recorded in October, but it was the the one most recently before right now here in January, um, that, you know, one of two things will happen that, you know, either they, that a storm in life will cause you to either um, question who God is or it will cause you to question who you are and your worth. So either questioning God and his character, I should I should add that. The, the, a storm in life causes you to question who God is and his character. Is he good? Is he faithful? Um, did he cause it? Did he allow it? Is he mean? Is he cruel? Is it, what, what is he? Or it causes you to question your own self and your own identity. You know, am I worthless? Is this just not even worth trying? I'm so fed up and tired with with church and Christians and church people 
and all of that stuff that, that I'm just going to walk away from all of it. And if, if that's you listening, it is no mistake that you're listening to this podcast. Out of everything else you could be doing right now, it's no mistake that someone sent this to you or, or you're listening. And I just believe the Lord is going to bring some healing to your heart because He's got so much more for, for you than you staying stuck in that place of hurt. And hurt held on to causes you to stay so stuck. So last episode, I focused on how church hurt causes you to change how you view God. So you can go back and listen to that one. But today, I wanted to tackle about how things that happen to you in church or connected to church, connected to your pastor, people you attend church with, whatever, how it changes how you view yourself is what I want to focus on with this episode. So I started off when I was sitting down with my notebook. I still use an old-fashioned notebook and an ink pen and and start off with, okay, Lord, what's your heart? What is it that you want them to know? And it was so strong in my heart to start off with these words. God wants you to know that not all churches and not all pastors represent him well. I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off of some of you. Maybe pressure is not the word. Maybe relief. Maybe that just imparted relief to you. Maybe you needed to hear someone say that because sometimes in the church world, there's so many things that are just unsaid. And I'm, I'll go ahead and start off saying here, I love the church. I love the body of Christ. I love how God created family. And so leading a family, he's created parents. I love that he knew that we needed that, that children needed to be placed in a family. And just how your earthly parents are not flawless, that there's mistakes that they've made, um, depending you know, on what your background is. But, but with, with God's ideal intention is to have two human parents that that seek after him for wisdom in raising the children that he's given them, that those children don't belong to them forever. They're being loaned to them by God and been entrusted to the hands of those parents to raise and nurture and train and discipline, disciple, all of those things, growing them up, pulling the gifts and talents that God has placed on the inside of them from birth, pulling those out so that they can spread their wings and fly. And when I look at that image of what God's idea is for family, I think of the local church. He sees us as baby Christians. He sees us as children. And he says, I need to put them in a family. And I need to put um, parental figures over them. And so he created pastors. He created ministers. And their job is very much like earthly parents to where they helped to bring out the good in you. They helped to train you. They helped uh, to correct and help you navigate. And it's all with your best interest in heart because they love you with everything on the inside of them. And their goal for you is to see you spread your wings and fly. They don't stifle you and try to keep you below them. A good parent wants their children to take everything given to them, you know, whatever the parents have worked for and achieved. And they want their children to be able to stand on their shoulders and go even further than what they ever did and what they ever achieved and be more successful, be more fulfilled, be more who, you know, walk more in what God's called them to do. 
a true shepherd, a true pastor that has the heart of our Heavenly Father feels the same way about their sheep, the sheep, you and I, that God has brought into their church. And if you're not familiar with that, there's just some different correlations in the Bible where he will, um, you know, where the, the people are symbolized kind of as sheep and pastors as a shepherd, really more as an under shepherd under the great shepherd himself, Jesus. Jesus talks about himself being like a shepherd a lot because often he was talking uh, to shepherding people. And so it was an example that they could relate to really, really well. So God designed the local church. God designed the office of pastor and all the other leadership um, helpers and supporters within the church. So I am not bashing that in any, any way. I believe in supporting your pastors. I believe in plugging into an amazing church. But you need to know if your story involves church situations and individuals that brought harm and damage to you and where they were potentially after maybe their own gain over yours, that the Spirit of the Lord wants you to know that not all pastors and not all churches represent Him well. And He wants you to know how He views you. Don't take what happened to you within a church wall and let it shift your identity. Let it shift how you feel God may view you. So I was thinking about some different scenarios that either I've lived through myself or maybe helped walk other people through or just been a fly on the wall and, you know, been aware of something going on just throughout my, my, my life and different experiences where maybe you find yourself saying and remembering when you first became a brand new baby Christian and you were just learning about the things of God and maybe the environment you were in, the people around you, you felt like they were constantly just pointing out where you were messing up or or doing something wrong in their opinion, and you just felt so defeated, so you just gave up. Or maybe it was the voice inside of your own head that was constantly pointing out where you were doing wrong, and you were being you were so self-defeating that you just walked away. Or maybe you've been a Christian a long time. You've been seasoned. Yeah, you've served on every committee within your local church. And maybe you begin to equate your Christianity with your church attendance. Maybe you thought that's what being a good, quote unquote, Christian was all about, was what you did at church. And you started kind of replacing that first love of your relationship with Jesus with all the busy work of of church. That would be like forgetting the value if if you're a parent. And I know I use that as an example a lot because that's that's close to, to my life, where you forget the big picture of why you brought these children into the world. And, um, and let's say you're, you know, you're married and you, you get so busy as a married couple with all of the daily running of the home and running of your lives that you forget what brought you together in the first place. And so if your marriage is made up of just taking care of the kids and doing all the life stuff, you're going to further drift further apart And when those children grow up and leave the house, you're going to realize the two of you have nothing left in common. So maybe you were that seasoned Christian that was on every committee and you got burnt out. And maybe you started really feeling like church was more about what they could take from you than what they could give to you. And and because you were giving, giving, giving and burning the candle at both ends, as, as some people would say, you burned out. 
and so you just walked away. Maybe you've been backstabbed or attacked in some way by a fellow believer who I'd like to remind you is also human and also makes mistakes. Or maybe there was so much legalism in the denomination that you grew up in. Y'all, what is it about humankind that loves to take the free gift of God of salvation, where freedom works from the inside out, Why is it that mankind likes to take it and put so many rules and regulations on things? Yes, there's structure um, that God lays out his parameters so that you can live in freedom. But why is it that man, and when I say man, I mean women, mankind, humankind, um, love to make it legalistic. So maybe your denomination or your specific church was very legalistic, or maybe the house that you grew up in was so legalistic that you felt like you could never live up to the expectations that were placed on you. And you could never get the gold star of approval from church leadership, your pastor, your parents, whatever it was. And so you just thought, you know what, if I'm just so terrible and I have to apologize all the time and I have to go to the altar every single Sunday and repent, and I'm just such a sorry worm, I I just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I just don't want this anymore. I want to tell you that is not what your relationship with God is supposed to be about. Yeah, maybe that's how your that's maybe how the church that you attended, maybe they didn't understand. Maybe they had lost sight of their first love. It's amazing how people that are bound themselves try to put bondage on others. People who have not received His free gift of grace, the liberating kind of grace, the grace that empowers you to live a holy life, not that that smothers you to where you feel so unholy all the time. That's legalism. And not the cheap grace that says, just do whatever you want, regardless of how destructive it's going to be to you. You know, I love my children and I want them to be able to have a level of freedom in my home to express themselves and be who they are. But I'm not going to go let them go play in the road in the middle of of traffic because I I want them to feel liberated. Like, you know, I'm going to let them know the things that are going to hurt them. And so not all rules are bad. But maybe that's you and maybe you just walked away because it was just too much. I could go on and on about maybe what are all the different whys. And, you know, I like to keep things positive. And so I'm not trying to put an emphasis on negativity, but what I felt like I was supposed to do is give some different scenarios so that some of you listening could get freedom by just simply knowing other people have walked those shoes. Sometimes there's so much freedom in just hearing, I'm not alone, that others have have walked through this and they've gotten on the other side of it. So now we're here. So, you know, and, and we could go into all the the reasons why those specific situations happen and occur and, you know, where there needs to be different structure and accountability and integrity and, and whatever else it is. But, but another podcast for another day, maybe. The point we're going to talk about today is the damage that whatever X, Y, and Z, whatever that thing was, the damage that it did to your soul. Now, if you followed me for any amount of time, you know that when I say soul, I'm not talking about your spirit. I'm not talking about your eternal salvation. Um, That is your spirit. You're a three-part being. You have a spirit. I mean, you are a spirit. That's who you are. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You live in a body. You are a three-part being. And the place that you take damage is your soul. It's your emotions, your mind, your will, all of those things. And so the damage to your own soul, and that's where you're stuck. 
because out of that place is where you do life from oftentimes. So after a storm in life, I've already talked about it, you often question one of two things. Either you question your view of God and his character or your view of yourself and your own worth. I want to present to you that your worth should never come from another human. Now, I'm not saying other humans can't speak belief into you and encourage you. Anything that you receive your worth from, if it can be taken away, then your worth can also be taken away. And that's why it's so critical to get your identity, get how you feel about yourself, get the truth about yourself from one source and one source alone. The God who loves you, the God that sent his son to die for you, the one who says that he will never leave you or ever forsake you. It's a good deal. It's a solid investment. It's something you can bank your life on. When you place all your eggs in his basket, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase about not placing all your eggs in one basket. It talks about diversifying your life or diversifying your investments. And so if one area goes sour, you got the others to shore you up. I'm here to say, put all your eggs in one basket. And that basket is who you are in Christ Jesus, meaning the new you, how God feels about you, how he sees you, not how you perceive other people seeing you especially people who may represent God in your life in a certain way. And we don't really, I don't think we consciously think of it that way, but oftentimes a pastor, because he's getting, you know, in the pulpit and delivering the word of God to you on a regular basis, that sometimes subconsciously you can start to look to him as the voice of God in your life. And, and yes, he speaks, brings God's words to you, but it should never replace you hearing from the Lord yourself out of your own private time in the word and then also your own prayer time and also the things he speaks with his still small voice in your heart, those heart thoughts that he leads and he guides your life with. You have a relationship with God, you and him. There's no third party involved. So when you don't get your worth and value from something, when that thing leaves, it can't take your worth and value with it. Where do you place your identity? Even if you're rooted in Christ and are balanced, when things hurt in your life, let's say so you, you do find your worth and value in him. When hurtful things happen in church or a relationship within the church, it will still hurt terribly, but it won't cause your life to spiral out of control. Yes, you can still grieve it. You can still mourn it. It still, it, it, it does cause a wound, but that's different than your entire world spiraling out of control because you didn't place your entire world in that basket to begin with. And I would like to present to you that that's healthy because that keeps you rooted and established in God and not the busyness of serving your local church. Because in serving your local church becomes your God. It becomes the thing Thing that you aspire to all the time. So what if it feels like your world is spiraling out of control or maybe you lost your way after something significant that happened uh, in church or with someone in church? Um, you feel like your life is spiraling or, or like maybe the very foundation of your life was shaken or broken and shattered. I'd like to present to you that maybe, just maybe, you built your foundation on the wrong thing and with the wrong materials. 
Let me explain what I mean. If you were to go and build a house today, I never built a house. I don't exactly know what I'm talking about, but from a distance, I've sort of seen it. So just go with it. You know, you've driven by houses that are being built, or maybe you have built your own, and, and you see them dig the foundation, and they pour these things called concrete footers. I think that's what they're called. And there's all this concrete. There's all this hard, stable, solid substance that is used to lay the foundation so that it is solid, it is sure, and you can build something sturdy and reliable on it. Now, the thing that you built on it may consist of wood and insulation and sheetrock or drywall, some of you may call it. I didn't know it, but like different parts of the country call that stuff different names. So sheetrock, drywall, whatever. Um, paint, windows and doors, all the things that are built on top of the foundation that make it beautiful and add to the picture of this home and add to the, to the enjoyment that the family gets from the home. But you don't use sheetrock and insulation in the foundation. They're not foundation-making materials. And if you were to do that, everything you built on top of it would be unstable. It makes me think of the parable in Matthew 7 where it talks about the wise man building his house upon the rock. You know, concrete is is made often of, of rock and all this other material. The wise man built his house on the rock. That was the foundation that he chose. And then when the storms of life came, the house stood. The same storm that came to the foolish man, who whose house probably on the outside was just as beautiful. But he chose to build his house on something that was not worthy of foundation material status. Sand. No one would build their house on sand. We've all been to the beach and built a sand castle or or something and a wave comes and it isn't it interesting how a wave kind of removes the sand out from underneath your sand castle and then the sand castle implodes and washes away it attacks at the foundation storms do that and so if your home is built if your life is built on sand on something that was never intended to be you know foundation making material when the storms of life come you're going to be shake him. So we have to ask ourselves, have we let people, even people with a title or an institution become something that it was never intended to be? Maybe it was intended to be the drywall. Maybe it was intended to be the lumber and the windows and the doors and the things that you built upon your foundation of your relationship with God. It was never meant to replace your relationship with God. I know I told you in the last episode. I know I told you in the last episode how one of the hardest church situations I have ever lived through, the effects of that lasted for years. And years and years later, it all kind of got brought back up again. And I was crying and talking to the Lord about it and just say, God, why am I still dealing with this. I thought I'd work through it. And I had, I'd worked through some of the layers, but God was, you know, God's always interested in getting the root out so that it doesn't continue to leach poison into your heart. And so he was digging the root out of that hurt and that wound. And I said, why is it that it still hurts this bad? 
How has this been able just to rock my world in such a way that it has? And the Lord showed me, he said, Laura, this is what happens when you place a man above me. When I placed what a pastor felt about me and thought about me and believed about me and said about me over what God believed about me, thought about me, said about me, that's what happened. I built my foundation on the wrong thing. And that's something that I've had to keep before the Lord at different times, feeling myself getting some amount of validation, maybe from what someone in leadership over me would say or not say. The presence of their words or the absence of their words. And the Lord reminds me, Laura, you don't serve them. You serve me. And then you've submitted to them. But your worth and your value is not shaken or rocked by what they do or don't do because they are human. And that is unfair to place that kind of expectation on ministers for them to be perfect and be everything you need them to be. Their job is to feed you, to watch over your soul, to care for you, to pastor you. But if you're looking to them to be every single thing in your life, that's unfair and unrealistic. No human being, whether it be a spouse or a pastor or a child, you cannot place that kind of expectation on a relationship in your life. That expectation needs to be placed on your relationship with God as your foundation. And then your relationship with other people in your church and your pastors and all the other things, that's the beautiful thing that gets to be built on top. That's the avenue that you serve the world around you. That's where you go to get fed spiritually. That's where you go to get equipped so that you can go back out into your life and and share the love of God. But you can't share what you don't have. You're not called to go out into the world and share the love of your pastor. You're called to go out into the world and share the love of your God. You're not called to equip people and recruit people for your church. You're called to equip people and recruit people for the kingdom of God. And, and not even recruit. To bring them into a family. That's really what this is. God wants a family. So rock versus sand. Have you used at different times the wrong materials? And y'all, there's no judgment and no shame here. I'm in the same boat. I've done the same thing. I've walked the same journey. But being on the other side of it, the Lord has showed me some things. And how walking in the time that we are walking in in this world, everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And if your relationship with God was dependent on what you were getting or not getting from your church or the relationships in within your church, those are so important for your encouragement and your growth. But if they were your foundation of everything, I'm willing to bet you're feeling pretty shook right now. You can make a change though. You can say, oh God, I got off track. Or Lord, maybe I didn't understand this from the very beginning. Maybe I've always had things wrong and I've always thought that your pleasure or displeasure in me or with me was based on all this outward stuff that I did. It's important that you understand what grace means. It's important that you understand that your right standing with God is not based on performance. When Jesus came and paid the penalty, not only for your sin, but he also made a way for you to be connected to God because sin no longer separated you. You are in his family, period. You're not trying to work for a place in God's heart. You're working from a place knowing you're already in God's heart. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And he's not made anything based on your performance. He wants you just to follow after him. And I promise you, the behavior 
shifts and changes as your relationship with God deepens. Because you start realizing at a deeper level how he sees you and how he loves you and how you are complete in him and how you can go to him with everything. And your relationship starts becoming so real because it is real that it by default adjusts everything else around you. So when a storm does come the next time, when someone within your church body is human and says or does something that they shouldn't or couldn't or whatever, um, or something can be done that's so hurtful, you're able to forgive because they weren't your source of happiness to begin with. You're able to forgive someone that you don't still hold something against, that you don't still expect something from because you're getting everything you need from God. So you're able to forgive. You're able to serve joyfully in your church because you want to. And because it's a a form where you can have overflow, where you can pour out, out of what's already overflowing in your own heart. It's not about towing the line or trying to earn anything. It's out of your overflow that you serve. And so if something does go sour, you're not in trouble. You can mourn the thing. You can pray for wisdom. You can say, God, this is what's happened. Help me to breathe life to this situation. Help me to pour water on this fire and not gasoline. Help me to give people grace and mercy just as I want them to give me grace and mercy. Help me to realize that we are all human and we are all um, working our salvation out. And and what that scripture is talking about is the salvation that God has deposited on the inside of you, working it to get it to the outside of you. It doesn't mean work it out like figure it out yourself. It means work it from the inside out. And, and you give, you have so much more compassion for other people. It helps you to be able to have healthy boundaries, which is understanding what you're not responsible for, what you are responsible for. And you can forgive because, oh, they're just human too. And because you're not looking to them as your supply for anything, you can truly be free. Because you know it all comes back to, Lord, it's just you and me anyway. I can't tell you how many times in my life, for real, legit, out of my mouth, I have said, God, it's always just been us anyway. It's me and you anyway. And see, when I go through life like that, the things that want to shake me and shake me for a moment, I am not superwoman. The things that shake me for a moment, the things that feel like they rip the rug right out from underneath me, I can go back though and go, oh, right. Yeah. But my foundation is not in jeopardy. There is a storm going. I can hear the wind blowing. I can hear hailstones beating against my windows, the storm that's swirling all around me, but my foundation is not shaken by what's going on in my life because I've built it on the fact that I am loved, that I'm treasured by my heavenly father, that if no one else ever sees my worth and value, if, if no relationship ever goes the way I want it, you know, whatever, I'm secure in who I am in my father's eyes, my heavenly father, And I'm his beloved. So I want to bring that to you today. If the things that have happened in your life in church have caused you just to run away, to put up a wall. Maybe you're still serving in church or or still attending, but there's a wall there. You're there, but you're not there. Pull in and evaluate. Have you made man your God? Have you made an institution your foundation? Or is God your foundation? And then being a part of a local church is an overflow of that foundation. If you've walked away from God because you thought, you know what? Those people only ever find fault in me. You know what? Maybe it's time to find a different church. Maybe it's time to find a body of believers who also understand 
that they're in need of grace because it's amazing. You know, you can't give away what you don't have yourself. And the most forgiving, free churches I've been in are churches where grace and mercy are taught. So people are actually able to walk in more freedom and more holiness because they learn to do life from a place and not always working for a place. Or maybe it's time just to shut up the enemy's lies in your own head that's telling you things that aren't necessarily true. Maybe you just think that people are saying all those things. Maybe you just think they intended it for your harm. You don't go to church to worship them anyway. You go to church to spend time with your Savior and to learn and grow in Him. I want to invite you to come back home to Jesus. Quit letting everybody else, what they said, what they said 20 years ago, keep you from the most fulfilling, amazing relationship you will ever have. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to come home. I'm tired of letting everybody else speak for you. And I've let what other people have said about you or said about me or said about church or whatever it is. I've, I've let all of those things change my opinion of you. And really what it does is it's changed my opinion of myself. And I've, I've been afraid that you saw me different. So just like Adam and Eve ran from you in the garden when they realized that they were naked and had sinned and they pulled away from you when you came looking for them. God, all of this stuff that I've been through has caused me to pull away from you because of condemnation. You know, people, other people put on me or I put on myself or the enemy put on me. It's caused me to run from you and push away the very relationship that I needed. So God, today I'm coming back home. And if I've been completely out of church, I ask that you show me where you would have me to put down roots so I can grow in you. Not grow in popularity, not grow in man's opinion of me. None of those things. I'm not trying to earn any merit badges here. I just want to come where I can join together with other believers who are seeking you and worship you and learn and grow. But Lord, I'm trusting you to lead me to the right place, but it's not going to replace you. Help me to keep my foundation in you and not in any person or any institution. I'm coming back. Let's start over. In Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to always have another chance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me here today again for another episode of the Laura Mayer Podcast. Join me here again next week where we will continue learning that being His always means being free. <laughs>